Those are three selling points. Should you want to approach tradespeople for volume pricing, then one, more consistent work, two, less advertising budget, and three, we're working within the time frame that you actually want to work. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off, and that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And we got follow along Friday today talking about some insights that I learned from the interviews that I did last week. And this just a handful of insights. These interviews have not gone live. They'll go live in three to four months. So I want to give you a sneak preview and more of a preview. I want to give you some things that will help you out since it'll be a little while before they air. And then you can listen to them in detail whenever they come out. And the first one, oh, first off, Theo Hicks. Hi. Hey, Joe. How's it going? It's going well. We got Theo Hicks with us. We're going to talk about these insights. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. First one is if you are looking to come up with a deal with contractors where you get economies of scale, basically you get a discount for having a high volume of work with them. You might think that you just go to them and say, hey, I'm going to bring you X amount of work. It's going to be more than what someone who doesn't have a business will bring you. So let's negotiate some sort of discount. You might think that by bringing them a high volume of work, it's a no brainer that they would accept that. And the reality is that the trades are in high demand. So plumbers, electricians, et cetera, they're in high demand. And a lot of times they can pick and choose their work, who they work with, and can be more selective because those industries, generally speaking, people aren't growing up and saying, I want to be a plumber, I want to be an electrician, although those are very good professions to be in. And there's a lot of business and a lot of money you can make as a result of having those types of companies. So the interview I did with William Robison, 
who's been in real estate for 15 years. He's I actually interviewed him in episode nine, the ninth interview I've ever done. Episode nine, one critical component of building a, a real estate business. He works with a lot of contractors and he gets volume pricing from contractors and suppliers. And he said, well, I've got the volume pricing now because I've formed these relationships. And I said, well, how many phone calls did it take to different plumbers in order to get this type of agreement? And he said, dozens. And that's important to take note of because it's not like you call a plumber, you work with the plumber and say, hey, I want a volume discount because I'm going to bring you X amount of business. He or she might not be as interested because they've already got business and retail pricing is better than volume pricing. However, here are three selling points, talking points, three things you can mention to the potential partner about how to convince them that you should get volume pricing. One is having more consistent work. So yes, you might have a lot of work, but is it consistent? Is it very reliable? I can provide you with more consistent work too. How much are you spending on advertising right now? Because whatever you're spending now, you don't need to spend nearly as much, if at all, because now you'll save that money by having more consistent work with me. And number three, my work tends to be within the hours that you want to work, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday you won't get the type of calls from me for the most part. There will be exceptions, but for the most part, you won't get the type of calls from me that are emergency jobs in the evening. My work, it can be done during the time you want to work. So those are three selling points. Should you want to approach tradespeople for volume pricing, then one, more consistent work, two, less advertising budget, and three, we're working within the time frame that you actually want to work. And based off of my interaction with plumbers in particular, and probably electricians too, I think that third point is probably going to be the biggest selling point because I just had a leak in my personal house and the plumber had to come out on an emergency call and he didn't get in here until late. He just kept complaining about how, yeah, I could fix a problem, but it's getting late and it's Friday and I kind of want to get back to my family. I'm like, no problem, but you're probably going to have to come tomorrow on Saturday. I was like, oh, well, I don't want to come on Saturdays because it's the weekend. So while you were explaining this, I was just kind of thinking, these are obviously the, the three best ways to convince them, but it's really just kind of listening to them because from my experience, working with plumbers, electricians, contractors, they're very honest and they'll tell you exactly what they're thinking. And so if they say that they want more consistent work, or they're saying they're spending too much money on advertising, they're saying they want to work between certain hours, just listen. And they typically will tell you what they want. I and mean, you can use that to, in a sense, convince them to give you those bulk discounts. Yeah, you identify what their pain points are initially, consistent work, the hours, profitability, whatever it is. They might not get into profitability of their business, but identify that just like you would if you were approaching a seller and you're looking to buy their property. You want to learn what the pain points are, if any, mm -hmm. so you can structure the deal accordingly. Another thing that William mentioned is he doesn't usually provide multiple bids on jobs to his clients. And a lot of his clients know that, but on occasion, some new clients might say, well, I want to get multiple bids on this job. And that's fine to do. But he said, one thing to keep in mind is if someone has a business where they do a high volume of work, then they likely have already gone through the vetting process with their vendors and they've negotiated the rates down to a certain point. And they also are combining that information with the service that they receive from those vendors because it's not always about, as we all know, the lowest price. It's also about, will they get the job done and will they do what they say they're going to do and will it be done right? So he said he's not against multiple bids, 
But something to keep in mind if you are working with someone who has volume discounts from other vendors is just maybe initially give them the benefit of the doubt of saying, hey, maybe they did already do their due diligence, make sure that this is the best price combined with the best service. And if you don't want to go with that assumption, then just perhaps ask the person, hey, did you already negotiate the rates down to a competitive level? And are you confident in the service that this vendor is going to provide if you do have questions? Yeah, I think one of the better contractors I worked with already had everything pre-negotiated. And whenever you asked him to do something, he would send you a very detailed document that had the quantity of what you were doing and then his predetermined price already. Very clean. Whereas other contractors are kind of like, it's 500 bucks. It's like, well, how are you getting 500 bucks? What's that coming from? Is that coming from materials, service? I don't understand. So kind of a little bit different what you're talking about here, but it is nice when you're working with contractors who have already negotiated prices and you can see exactly how much you're spending on labor, how much you're spending on the actual materials that they're using. Another interview I did, DJ Scruggs. I love DJ's first and last name. I think that flows really well. But DJ Scruggs, he is the CEO of Blue Spruce Holdings based in Denver, Colorado, entrepreneur, started in the customer service software for email industry, sold his company in 1999, talked about some lessons learned there. And what I want to mention here is when he works with other business people and he feels like someone is trying to pull one over on him, then he says one thing he's learned is that you don't have to be a jerk but you can always ask the question, why? So if someone is trying to tell you something that you know is not right or you don't think is right, you don't have to be a jerk about it. You can instead just keep asking the question, why? And obviously you need to craft it a little bit better than just say, well, why is that? Why is that? Why is that? But you can continue to just be curious and ask questions about it. And then that will help get you to the answer of what you're looking for to identify if it is legitimate what they're saying or not. So I thought that was just an interesting approach if something like that is taking place to build on the relationship should you end up having a relationship with this person versus kind of attacking them and tearing it down and not having any opportunity to have a relationship. Yeah, it says you know, how to figure out when someone is BSing you. It reminded me of it's related to what you're talking about here. It reminds me of a show where there's a character and they're asking him why something isn't happening when he says it doesn't happen. And he says like a line and they go, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why isn't this happening? And he literally just says like, the exact same thing again, but slower. So the way they reply to the why, you can tell if they're kind of pulling over on you or if there's something that's kind of going on underneath what they're actually saying. In this case, this person had no control. and was just saying whatever he was told to say. But yeah, if you don't naturally can read someone and tell if they're lying to you or if they're kind of pulling over and you BSing you, yeah, asking why and asking them to explain why I should invest in this deal, why I should buy this deal and just kind of see what they say. And if they don't really have a specific answer or they kind of say very like high level generic things, then you can kind of dig deeper into that. And if they don't really have any answers, again, you don't have to be a jerk about it. You can just say, well, okay, I don't think I'm interested in investing in that deal. Just because they might be a new, they might not know what they're doing. They might not have the information because the seller didn't give it to them. But maybe in the future, they do actually come up with a deal that you can buy or invest in or whatever. And yep. if you're a jerk, then they're not going to bring that deal to you ever again. It's basically keeping as many doors open as possible. 
Exactly. That's a great way to put it. It's just having an opportunity to build a relationship with that person should your initial perception be off about Mm -hmm. them trying to pull one over on you. And then DJ also mentions since he hasn't been in the real estate industry as long as he's been in other industries, he still needs to demonstrate competency in real estate. And he said, ideally, he would have a 20-year track record of performance in real estate. But since he does not, he demonstrates it in other ways, like being respectful and respectable, he talks about. So by being respectful to others, but being respectable, that's where it comes into play where he is establishing a thought leadership and being an authority figure, which is one of the reasons why he was wanting to be interviewed on the podcast and his company has multifamily holdings. So we talked about that, but it goes back to what you and I have talked about extensively. So we won't get into it in detail here, but the thought leadership platform, if you don't have that type of track record, then interview people who do have that. And then as a result of interviewing them, you learn more, you build your relationships, and then you're associated with those people who do have that track record. And then you can build from that. In addition to bringing on the right team members on your team who have that skill set, even though it might not be in partnership with you, but at least they have that skill set in that track record so that you can then build off of that. And really a big thing too, is just more people are aware of who you are. They know who you are. I can't tell you how many people that I knew before I started working for you that will call me or, or text me and be like, oh my God, I didn't realize you, you know, Joe Fairless, you're on, on Joe Fairless's podcast. Obviously that's a really massive one, but it's just interesting to see how many of them are getting into real estate and know who I am. And they always say how it's going to be very powerful for my brand and very powerful for when I start doing deals again. So we 100% thought leadership platforms, super important, not just for the expertise and kind of what you're talking about, but also just people knowing who you are. And the more people that know you, hopefully saying good things about you, whatever investment strategy you're implementing, you're going to be more successful because people are going to want to work with people because they know who you are. Yep, absolutely. It all's connected together and that's the right way to approach it. Then lastly, Jens Nielsen, I just want to give a quick reminder that you can still find deals if you're resourceful enough and you put in the work. Jens Nielsen closed on a 16 unit. It was him and his wife found it through direct mail. How to get the direct mail? He did not buy a list. He created his own list, went to apartments.com got the information from apartments.com. He said they could see the unit size on the rental site. Then he went to the assessor's office to see who the owner was. Then he went to the state business registration to see owner that was, if it was an entity. Then he mailed out the direct mail pieces. It was just basically saying, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, I like your property. I'd like to buy it. Here's a picture of me and my wife. And he mailed out 200 to 300 letters He did that every two to three months for about one year. And then he got a 16 unit as a result of that. One thing I would have mentioned based off of this strategy, because obviously he hustled and found the deal, but if he would have, say for example, pulled his list and then on that list, let's say half of those properties are owned by LLCs and he just mailed it to whatever address the LLC said, which is most likely like a PO box at a UPS somewhere or a post office somewhere. He might not have gotten this deal. 
And I thought it was a blog post, but it's not. So I'm going to post this as a blog post today, but it's how to find the owner of the LLC. And you mentioned it about going to the state business registration, but specifically what you do is whatever state you're in, you go to the secretary of state and then somewhere on that website, you have the ability to search the entities, search the corporations. They're going to call it corporation or entities. You type in whatever the LLC name is, and then the LLC will come up. And then depending on the secretary of state site, it'll have the information you need right there owner's name, owner's address. If not, there should be some area on there to download the articles of organization. And then on the articles of organization, you'll find the actual owner of the LLC's name and their address. So you want to make sure you're mailing to that address, not the PO box that's listed on the assessor side if it's owned by LLC. Great information, detailed as always, and helpful nuances because it's one thing to know the concept. It's another to know the actual process. And yeah, I think you said we're going to do a blog post on that? Yeah, I'll post it today and then we'll put it in the show notes when it releases on Friday. Wonderful. All right, cool. So those are the insights I wanted to talk about that I thought would be helpful. All right, trivia question time. So last week's question was, according to the most recent census data, what city grew its millennial population more than any other city? And the answer was Seattle. I think you said the answer right, and then you changed it to something else, like Dallas, maybe. Because <laughs> before you said Seattle, and then like, wait, no, Dallas. <laughs> I, think Dallas I, don't know, was, I don't know if I said uh, Seattle. We'll have to listen to that again. I know I ended up with Dallas, so oh well. Yeah. So this week's question, and again, as a reminder, first person to get this question correctly will receive a copy of our book. Submit your answer either to info at joefairless.com or in the comments of the YouTube video below. What large city has the most diverse economy? This is based off of industry diversity, occupational diversity, and worker class diversity. Well, I know it's not Vegas. It's not Vegas, correct. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to use Dallas, Fort Worth as all my answers. So I, I, <laughs> if I had to put money on it, I'd say DFW, or I guess if they'd make me be more specific, I'd say Dallas. But since I don't want to use that as my answer for everyone, I'll go with Atlanta. Atlanta. All right, so we will have that next week as well as another trivia question for you to have the opportunity to win a free copy of our book. Lastly, just the apartment syndication resource of the week. So we do syndication school every Wednesday and Thursday on the podcast as well as on YouTube. For most of these series, we offer a free resource or document for you to download that helps you learn how to do apartment syndications. Last week, we talked about series number 14, how to underwrite and value an apartment deal. Starting at episode 1653, one of those free documents was a simplified cash flow calculator, which you can download in the show notes of last week's episode. The other free document that we gave away for that episode was the rental comp analysis calculator. So on one hand, you need to underwrite the deal. You also want to do a rental comp analysis in order to determine what your rental premiums are going to be. And this template helps you input the properties that you're using as comps the square footage and the rents of those comps, and then it will automatically calculate an average dollar per square foot that you can then use to determine what the rent will be at your subject property based off of the square footage. So that is going to be available for download again in that series number 14, which is episode 1653 or in the show notes of this following Friday. Enjoyed our conversation, Theo. Best ever listeners. Hope you got some value from this and we'll talk to you tomorrow. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. 
Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com.